and it's initial, boom, a hit. And everything in my body went completely numb. And as I went down, everything was going in slow motion. I hit the ground. I can't move. I'm stuck. And thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. Tune in next week when John has a new partner. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk podcast brought to you by 124Go. And your co-host, Chris Woolmate, as usual, sitting here with my great friend, Mr. Living in Lament, John Palmieri. And we have a wicked special guest. Again, we have another wicked special guest today. So, uh, actually, I am really super pumped up about this episode and, like, having this conversation right I now. I need you to say wicked pumped. Wicked pumped. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was worth yeah. coming in for. Yeah, no, it's right? true. Well, there's a couple special things I feel like about this conversation. One of the first ones is is that we're all sitting in the same room, which which hasn't been happening in a while for right. us. Um, and, you know, because of the current circumstances of the world and COVID and, you know, people have been doing these things. Um, two, we just haven't been able to be in the same place with other people right. in general. Um, but this guy that we're about to have a conversation with, Q Crane, by the way, welcome, Q. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. Thank um, you. Yes, man. Has a really neat story and a really neat story about the way we kind of met. We're, we're brand new to each other, basically, mm-hmm. and we're working on a project together, which is really interesting and cool from a training perspective. But... Um, we got to talking and one of the things we have in common right away that that we all have in common is that you're a motivational speaker um and that due to covid you hadn't been out there speaking and sharing Mm, your message um but your story is quite unique pretty compelling and you know the courage i mean we were just having a conversation around this around you know what you've overcome been through done and like the fact that you're out there doing what you're what you're doing you know i just felt like gave such a message of like hope and inspiration that it was like we got a podcast with Q like immediately so you came over to the office we did some work this afternoon and now here we sit and I'm not even going to tip my hand any um on Q and his story or anything because I I think it's going to be way better out of your mouth than ours so with that said why don't we why don't we jump into the conversation? And I know it's going to be a different start than usual, right? Yeah, that's well, how. we all kind of always start with, you know, how'd you get into the hair business? And um, that's obviously not where we're going to start today because Kuhn's not a hairdresser. <laughs> uh, but you got you got really sweet hair. Oh, I man, I very that. cool hair. It. You know, I have to keep it long and luxurious as much as I like <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you did it. <laughs> um, but uh, as Chris alluded to, you've got a real interesting story and, you know, for those um, who can't see us, right? right? So yeah. you, that kind of tips the story. But let's start off with um, high school football, right? High school football, yeah. Um, so let me back up a little bit because we always start with um, you know how you got into the hair business. Why football? What was the attraction for you for to that sport? Why was that so um, important to you? Well, football was just one of the things that came easy towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a point in my life where I was lost, mm-hmm. you know, um, prior to playing football, um, the area that we was actually living in and, and where I was mentally at that point in time was uh, recovering from the fact that um, my mother was 
was no longer in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, she had went missing at the age of 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, we needed a new start. Mm-hmm. And so we moved out to uh, Snellville. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was in hopes that it would make a shift in our behavior, or at least in my behavior. Sure. And I just kept going down the wrong path. But that mm-hmm. was just because I was dealing with certain emotions that I didn't know how to really express, especially as a man. Sure. You know, so um, me not knowing to how to handle that and deal with it, mm-hmm. I lashed out in so many different ways, mm-hmm. right? So I was just carrying it, trying to suppress it. And the longer you suppress it, you know, the the, the worse it is, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the end, uh, you know, that backlash. And so at one point, my grandmother just gave up. She, she didn't think that she could do anything about it. So mm-hmm. she introduced us to a church couple. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved I loved them um, by the name of Vivian and Floyd, and uh, they took me and my brother under their wing, and they got us into extracurricular activities like basketball. Sure. And um, she sat me down. Like at this point, I trust her, and I trust what she has to say. We've developed this connection. Mm-hmm. I know that it's deeper than just somebody that attends my church. Now I want to talk about that a little bit because I think that's a big leap in itself. Right. So mm-hmm. what I've heard so far is you have you have your grandmother who loves and adores you. Mm-hmm. Right. She decides to take you and your brother in because she, she wants better for you both. Mm-hmm. Yet she couldn't get through to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet, I don't know, but it sounds like Vivian and Floyd are strangers. You know? They were at that time. Why was their influence stronger than family? What was the difference? Um, well, you know, um, my grandmother was just, you know, in my eyes, it was it was grandma. Sure, you know, and um, having an outside perspective, mm-hmm. something that then it seemed like less judged. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like there was no ties to it. It was no like, right. you know, yeah. uh, in a sense where it just it, it felt different, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel forced. Right, and um, for me, not being judged. Mm-hmm. That was something that, you know, I could really trust, and you know, and then if you come back around me, like it's different, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And so her her response to it was first getting to know me, mm-hmm. first you know building that relationship to the point where I can receive her constructive criticism, sure, and then not come off as you know judgmental mm-hmm. or you know uh, talking down on me, sure. You know, not talking at me. She's actually talking to me. Right. And um, you know, you know, my grandmother. I love her to death, but sometimes hers just comes off as a smack in the head. <laughs> sure. You know, get it together. Yeah. You know, so. Well, cause it's easier, right? <laughs> yeah. It's easier to smack you upside the head than it is to have a sit down. You know. So yeah. you know, I didn't receive the smack in the head that well. So. <laughs> yeah. Ah, um, none of us do. <laughs> I smack Chris in the side of the head. It never turns out well. <laughs> So, so you had this great couple that came into your mm-hmm. life and they kind of showed you a different path and yeah. sports was one of those. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I love basketball. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one day she sat me down and she said, Q, I don't know if you know this, but your brother looks up to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and at this point in my life, you know, me lashing out, me getting into fights in school, my misbehavior, you know, my grades being affected. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, I don't know if you want him to go down the same path you're headed. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one of the things that my family told told me was that I would end up just like every other man in the family, mm-hmm. right? And every man in our family 
went to jail, mm-hmm. right? Um, didn't graduate school, high school, mm-hmm. didn't go to college. None of the men did prior mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And um, she says, I don't think you want him to hand, like go down that. And I didn't. I don't want him to go down that same path just like every other man, just like what they uh, so told me that I would end up. And so, mm-hmm. no, I had to make a shift. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but then I now had a reason to, mm-hmm. a purpose, right? And that was just me changing the trajectory of the family, like as men, and me just making sure that he followed, like he saw a different set of footsteps, mm-hmm. you know, a, dis- a different possibility. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I was like, I didn't know how I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to be academically because I wasn't really relying on my grades. I said mm-hmm. it would be football. Mm-hmm. And so I just went, I went for it. And, um, you know, like I said, I had a love for it, just like I do for basketball and mm-hmm. just about generally any other sport because I just love to compete. That's just how I am as an individual. Right. But, um, yeah, so I went for football and, um, you know. I want to touch base on something because you've said this more than once now. You said as men. So mm-hmm. obviously that rings for you. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like I said, growing up, I didn't have like my father in my life, mm-hmm. and so that idea, image of what it was to be a man, I had to create that myself. Mm-hmm. And based off the areas that we live, many of the men were on the streets, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, when I talk to kids, you know, especially at risk youth, you know, the ideal of man is like a man get girls, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a man get money, mm-hmm. you know, um, a man don't show any emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you know the whole concept of what it was that I created as a man was false, uh-huh. and so I had to unlearn what it was to be a man and yeah. relearn what it really is to be a man. Yeah. And so um, that was just one of the things that I really struggled with, you know, because uh, I went through a lot, and if I really knew what it was to be a man, I could have avoided a lot of those you know, situations that I may have found myself in, especially with relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and um, the way that I talk to people in general or the way I act, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, I think that's something that we really need to actually instill and know what it's like, mm-hmm. you know, what it is to truly be a man and understand that, yeah, man, get it, you know, man can cry, man can be emotional, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that doesn't make them any less of a man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's like one of the things I like to touch on. So basketball, football, mm-hmm. and you know, Chris and I kind of had a warm-up conversation. One of the things he told me about you is, when it comes to football, you were pretty dang good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was pretty good. Yeah. I, 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 but I, not, not to toot my own horn, right? But, um, but not know, bad. Yeah, you know, too, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was actually, yeah, I was pretty good. I thought, you know, if I would have kept going with it. You know, it would have been possible for me to get to college and be able to actually use that as a platform for me to figure out mm-hmm. what would be next for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I wanted to be a professional football player. Sure. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my end goal. Mm-hmm. My goal was just to create more options for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought football was going to be the best bet for me to create those options. Yeah. So uh, how old are you at this point? I'm 16 at this point. So at 16 years old, you mm-hmm. have this rationale. because. The thing is, is, I don't think most 16-year-old folks have this rationale, that at 16, here is an opportunity for me to change my life, change my direction, and that sport is a, an option for me. 
I think that's a lot for a 16 year old. Totally. You know? Totally. And I know that the folks in your life, um, you know, kind of helped you with that direction. Mm -hmm. But I still think that's a big leap. Like, I don't, I don't, I know I wasn't that smart. The other part and piece, oh, yeah. And I mean, it's interesting. We were just having a conversation about something else that'll probably come out, you know, in this conversation. And I said, dude, at 16 years old, my, my head was not was not even able to formulate a thought like that. Right. Like, you know, I'm yeah. still back on the girls thing, mm-hmm. you know, at that age group, you know, that's that's about as far as I could think. Mm-hmm. And, and right. men don't cry and men make money. Like that was, you know, was you great. just described, it's funny because you said at risk, um, I think at risk youth or something like that, but you just described the natural belief of any guy, I believe, yeah. no matter yeah. what mm-hmm. um, yeah. age bracket, you know, I mean, or, or at, as a youth, I, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of what the culture brings you up to to think. I think what's really interesting is, and I didn't know this part about your story yet, was that really it sounds like your change was more for your brother than you. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of, um, I don't think you, see, you don't seem to be the type of guy who was too scared to go down the same path as the guys in your family, but I don't think you wanted to lead your brother that direction, which is interesting. And I don't know if I'm right about that, but that's what I feel like I was hearing as you were kind of talking. Yeah, for me, I don't think it was the path that I necessarily wanted to head down. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it was just that I was moving with blinders on, right. and I was just mm-hmm. out of, a, of an emotional response. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, So for me, it was an emotional release when I was finding myself getting into fights, finding yeah. myself being disobedient, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, finding me just ignoring life, but be, it was based off the things that I was being told to by family members yeah. mm-hmm. in, in regards to my mother's disappearance. Yeah. You know, them blaming us, and then me taking on that blame and then devaluing myself, yeah. you know, saying, okay, my life is worth this. I have no value. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the point of me actually participating in class or doing this when nothing is going to come out of it? And what Vivian was telling me basically was your life has worth. There is a purpose. You are important. There's things that you can do and you got people that you should be doing it for. Yeah. Right. And I see, okay, I got my brother, my siblings, and we're not the reason that my mother went missing. No, mm-hmm. we're not worthless. Mm-hmm. We do have potential. Mm-hmm. We can be anything. Yeah. Um, this may be you know, a lot to ask, but th- did you ever find your mom? Did she ever come back from being missing? Mm, we've never found her. They actually reopened the case, mm-hmm. um, I would say, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they asked me if I wanted to be, but for me, it was, you know, it was a lot. You know, that's one of the thorns on my side that, you know, that I live with. And sometimes, you know, there are going to be some of those thorns that you just live with. But, you know, I couldn't, you know, um, be a part of it. I did listen to the podcast and there was things that I didn't even hear or knew Mm -hmm. when I was told the story initially as a kid. Right. You know, so um, they're still looking. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm not not a part of it, though. All right. So football. Love it pretty good at it mm-hmm. um and then something changed so yeah talk about um well this that. is my third game actually playing mm-hmm. football mm-hmm. this is your third game my third game ever ever mm-hmm. oh wow third game um and listen i was i was hot that game dude mm-hmm. i was listening yeah. i was listening to the <laughs> announcer i mean it was like yeah i just assumed that you'd been playing all four years or something Mm-mm. yeah it was mm-hmm. third game like i mean there's been a lot of backyard football sure yeah. i've played in middle school but um for high school this was you know the first time and um like i said third game of the season and the ball was constantly going towards me mm-hmm. we was down by a touchdown 
and ran a play that I've practiced over and over in practice. I know this play like the back of my hand, and um, I know where to catch the ball. I know where to cut up, and I catch the ball. I cut up. I get the first down. Now, my mindset was set on a touchdown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't even about the first down for me. I just wanted to get in that end zone by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. And a guy actually attached himself to my leg. I should have went down, but I kept moving forward until the guy jumped on my back. And as now, as I'm leaning and going down, another guy comes forward and his initial, boom, a hit. And everything in my body went completely numb. And as I went down, everything was going in slow motion. I hit the ground. I can't move. I'm stuck. And then my coach come rushing over. He says, Q, Q, are you okay? I said, coach, I can't, I can't move. I can't move, coach. He said, Q, whatever you do, don't close your eyes. Now, I'm already panicking because I can't move. Now you're telling me I can't close my eyes? Coach, what's going on? He says, the paramedics are coming. Just bear with me. Keep your eyes open at all costs. And my eyes were fine until he said, don't close your eyes. Mm. Then my eyes began to get heavy. And I think it was just initially because he said, don't close your eyes. But in that moment, I began to do something I haven't done in a very long time. I began to pray. Pray. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's always funny when we find ourselves in situations like that, we begin to bargain with God, and uh, I began to bargain. God, if you get me out of this situation, I will go to church with my grandmother. And I will <laughs> and what, what's your grandmother's name? By the way? Her name is Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, yeah. Barbara. Uh, I will go to church with Barbara every, every Sunday. Day. Every, every day. Every day. Forget yeah. Sunday. I'm yeah. not waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Bible study, it yeah. doesn't matter what it is. First service, second service. Yeah. Small group I'm on there. Wednesdays, I, whatever it takes. Uh, Whatever it takes is getting me out of the situation. Lord, listen, I said I wanted to change the trajectory out of my family. Mm-hmm. Don't let me be a liar. Like, let me get through this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it felt like forever. I mean, it, it might have been only like 10 minutes, mm-hmm. if that. And uh, to this point, I was about to close my eyes. And then that's when the paramedics flipped me over. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was getting carried off the So are field, you still face down? I was face down as I was, like, that's waiting on the paramedics yeah. mm-hmm. and um when they came they flipped me over on the gurney mm-hmm. and took me off off the field and um then i was able to breathe you know and i you know i felt like everything was going to be okay at that moment and as i looked to the sidelines i see all my players crying and in tears and um you know i just whispered to the coach i said yo tell the guys to stay physical and that was just like one of the things we would tell each other mm. in practice when we're when we are on the verge of, you know, when we feel like we gave our all and we we're about to just let go, no, 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 finish through, mm. you know, stay physical. And uh, that's what I wanted them to do, even though they individually ca- they caught off the game anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's mm. not what I thought was going to happen. But um, so they really knew that you were hurt, hurt. Yeah, they yeah. knew that I was hurt, and I didn't know how hard like or how significant the injury was. Mm-hmm until I wake up in a hospital, and I mean, it's like a week or so in. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what was going on until I saw the story on the news. Mm-hmm. And it's telling me that football star Arkevius Q. Crane has been injured in a, a game 
paralyzed, likely to never walk again. And that's, that's how you heard the news. That's how I heard it. Mm-hmm. And the weight of it, just like I'm like, what, like, what is it, like, what is he, what does he mean? Mm-hmm. And and then that's when the doctors came rushing in, and they told me, you know, what was going on and what had happened. And um, I still didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to believe it. You know, and now in my head, I'm like, what's like, all right, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't like. I was about to find myself back in that same position I found myself in when I got the news that my mother went missing. Mm-hmm. I was about to go right back into that emotional response, right back into that whole self-destructive mode. And um, again, my why ended up coming in the hospital room mm-hmm. with me um, like a week later, my brother. Mm-hmm. And um, he was looking at me as if he was waiting to see what I was about to do, right? And I, I can't even explain it. Hmm. But it was was just, he really, yeah. or were you just reading he that? Like, like, is this like? I don't know. Have if you I guys was talked about it? that? Like, uh, we've talked about you know him not knowing, you know uh, how he would react if he was in a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about um, how he felt about the entire situation, but initially we didn't talk about that per se. Mm-hmm. It was just what I felt, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it took a lot, but in that, I, I knew, like, I was reminded of the promise. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I got to figure something out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like this doesn't have to be the end. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like me getting back to the mindset of trying to figure out my options. Mm-hmm. Because I always, I always tell people, you know, when you find yourself in a position when you're afraid, one of the best ways to defeat fear is, you know, to find the options. Mm-hmm. Because like you have options, and the only way you're the, the main reason you're afraid because you fear you feel like you're out of options, mm-hmm. like you got no other choice. And so um, I reminded myself that it wasn't even initially about football. You know, it was about me providing opportunities for myself and for my family. You know, it was just like the goal, and that football was just a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. And I can always edit the plan. I just got to remind myself of the goal. And a lot of us confuse ourselves. We get stuck on a plan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get in the goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, um, I went back to school, you know, and I told my coach. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a part about you telling your coach, like, you're going to, you know. Yeah. Talk about that. Because yeah. I feel like in the video, you know, that I got to watch, uh your coach had a, you know, mm-hmm. you sort of caught him by surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we was uh, having a conversation. We were trying to figure out what was going to be that, that next move as far as me coming back to school. And I said, Coach, listen, uh, I'm graduating with my class. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I've missed, I got injured in September. Mm-hmm. I've missed that entire year of my 11th grade. Wow. wow. And um, outside of taking like, three classes while I was in the hospital Mm -hmm. and I took like three classes while I was doing my physical therapy but um, when I got back to school um, I said coach listen I'm graduating with my class you know like I I don't care if I can barely hold a pencil (laughs) like I don't care like I don't know what I got to do coach I'm graduating with my class and he said buddy that's going to be hard he said but it's possible I said coach that's all you had to do was tell me Mm -hmm. that it was possible sure you know, just like put me in a position, mm-hmm. I can handle the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, 
you know, I think a lot of us just need to be told that it's possible, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, once I, once I figure that out, you know, once he put, helped me put myself in a position, mm-hmm. I'm taking classes outside of school, not mm-hmm. just my regular schedule, sure. but I had class every day of the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to make sacrifices. I couldn't go to the parties. I sure. couldn't participate in a, a lot of things that a lot of high schoolers or seniors, you know, act seniors actually want to participate in. I couldn't do that mm-hmm. because I had to actually catch myself back up so that I can reach that mark. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it was tough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy. It was days when I wanted to quit. All like it was many days I wanted to quit. Sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I just stuck it through, and I was crossing that stage with my class came May. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was just because of the individual that was there. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just my battle. You know, I had people in my corner mm-hmm. that were actually rooting for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I did it, you know, and, and it was just, it was so important for me to do it because it just showed that we can actually do something, you know, and I was the first man in my family to graduate high school. Wow. On top of my right. injury, on top of having to right. catch up two grades, I'm like, oh, there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. I told my brother that there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. Wow. You have to do it now. Mm-hmm. Wow. This may uh, fast forward too far. How's your brother? Oh, my brother is great. My mm-hmm. brother is great. He's out of Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was telling Chris mm-hmm. earlier today. I was hoping to get out there, but mm-hmm. due to COVID, sure. You know, but I, I, I can use some beach right about now. <laughs> <laughs> and what's he doing in Miami? <laughs> uh, well, he was in a carpentry out of Miami. Oh, great. Yeah, building okay. tables. Um, actually, uh, was starting his own business um, mm-hmm. this year, and then COVID hit him sure. too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. A lot of wildness, you know. We've been uh, we've been we've been talking to a lot of different people in a lot of different situations lately. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of them out of New York, mm-hmm. and it's it's you know. I mean, what's occurring to me as I'm listening to your story is, um, if I'm a listener and I'm going, if I feel inconvenienced right now, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but we are all, we are all a little inconvenienced. Um, mm-hmm. And I might be fast forwarding too far to say this, but how you and I kind of got on this topic was um you're also so now like fast forward you're 20 you just had your 29th birthday mm-hmm. you just skydove again for the second time this weekend but you're a motivational speaker like tell me about that transition i mean you you maybe there's or maybe there's some fill in in between but you graduated high school obviously you did that thing mm-hmm. you know you you uh, redefined what it meant to be a man a stand up guy as i like to call it um and through that time, you kind of found a career that we both love. John and I both love to speak and inspire people. Um, but how did that how did that whole thing happen? Because it's it's interesting. Yeah, like again, that wasn't even something that I had planned on doing. I right. didn't even like speaking. You know, um, yet alone being on stage <laughs> in, front in front of, of thousands, a whole bunch yeah, of people. Whole bunch of people. So yeah, you know, it was. Um, I was in college, and I was. This is my last semester. And I think this is important to mm-hmm. add because I think this is a, a part of the dynamic. You're in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. right? And you're paralyzed from? Um, from my chest down. So not only did you have this setback, you know, for a host of different reasons, but you now have physical limitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, and so now the world's going to be different. Yeah. Actually, now that you said that. Yeah. Um, 
And I think we we kind of took that for granted because we're sitting here, right? Yeah. We, we're right. in front of you, yeah. right? But for the listener, yeah. Um, I think that's an important addition to this. So not only did you go through all of that, not only are you trying to learn how to be a man, not only is your mom missing, not only are you trying to help your brother change the trajectory of his life and your own, mm-hmm. but now you're paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah. You know? No. Um, something really interesting that came out in conversation, and mm-hmm. so I guess I'm rewinding slightly. You had a conversation with your grandmother at some point mm-hmm. where, she, where, you know, I'm going to say it the way I would say it in a normal circumstance. Like, she was playing the blame game on, you know, uh, you know, finding anything to blame for this happening other than the fact that it just happened. You know, mm-hmm. shit happens in life. Um, and you, like gave probably dropped the biggest nugget of wisdom that any 16 year old human being could drop on their grandparent and so i just think it's relevant yeah. to kind of move there and then maybe move us into how your career choice happened mm-hmm. on its own but i think that's a valuable nugget yeah 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 so for sure um like when i when i speak mm-hmm. one of the things i like to do is show the hit mm-hmm. right I, I showed a video the entire little documentary clip mm-hmm. and uh it's the hit that everybody gets to see me take out on that football field. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I state after the film is that you guys see that hit, mm-hmm. but you don't see the hits that I took up that led to that hit. Mm-hmm. And how I was able to overcome that hit because of the hits that I've taken prior to, mm-hmm. right? All the mental hits that I've taken sure. in life. And, um, you know, when I was in the hospital mm-hmm. and I was laying in the bed, one of the things I told my grandmother was, Grandma, if this had to happen to anybody, I'm glad it happened to me. Hmm. Because I didn't believe that anybody else could handle it. I didn't believe that <laughs> it my sister. makes me cry. No, it's intense. Yeah. Intense. So I'm just amazed that at 16. You could say something could, like that. I know I wouldn't have. No, I that's could, exactly I could what look I said. I can say, there's no way at 16 I would have been that. What's the word I want to look for? Had the wear. Self aware. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I, honestly, at that point, I didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> I was just trying to reassure her that everything is sure. going to be okay and that yeah. I could handle it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And um, when when we had uh, the news reporter come to the house, that was one of the first things that you know that comes out of our mouth is that conversation that we had. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I didn't even know, you know, it just came out of me. I didn't know that's what I was, you know, doing. I just wanted to reassure you, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm glad that it happened to me and not any one of my siblings. Sure. And I chew because I felt like everything that I've been through up until that point was preparing me for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I've taken hit after hit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I tell myself and I tell others, like, I can go through a thousand setbacks now. I'm gonna still be the same individual. I'm gonna ask you a silly, oh, I mean a silly question, I'll take that back. I'm gonna ask you a question. Do you still pray? Yes. Yeah. So yes. that's yeah. part of your life stayed. Yeah, yeah, it's part of my life now. It's mm-hmm. like every morning, you know, when I wake up and before I go to sleep, you know, right. either I'm thanking them, you know, for the things that I'm grateful for, right. you know, and I'm just, you know, praying for the ones that, that I'm close to, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, for yeah. sure. So deep breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deep breath. <laughs> no, We're this here. It's great stuff. It's the truth. We're on the other side of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're paralyzed from the waist down. Football is no longer the plan. Mm-hmm. And you, as you said, so wonderfully i got the same goal but i'm gonna have to come up with a different plan that's really that is by the way Mm -hmm. that's like that if you just ponder on that for like a while you know because people get really married to plans Mm -hmm. yeah you know 
Yeah, it's like like you say, like a football term, calling the audible. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like the initial that it's the it's a score. Yeah. But if you keep running the same play over and over again, you know, you're gonna run out of downs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all it is, you know, one of my coach says it's like five yards of play. Mm-hmm. And eventually you get the touchdown. Mm-hmm. But if you if you're still focused on doing it the same exact way and right. you keep hitting the same exact wall uh-huh. and you're not making any adjustments to it. And so, you know, sometimes you like life life will force you. Like, all right, this isn't work. I'm a, I'm about to force you in this direction. Uh-huh. You know, and um, you know, I, I must have not been listening. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, all right, okay, all right, I, I got you now. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you know, I said, I tell myself, listen, you don't got to hit me that hard over the head anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Watch. Yeah, I got yeah, the message. Thank you it. very much. <laughs> so, um, you went. You ended up going to college. Mm-hmm. You did all this stuff. And yeah. then what did you think you were going to do in college? Uh, I was actually, um, so my initial thing to do because of how I, I went about school my first couple of years, mm-hmm. I had to catch up. Yeah. And um, so I was going to Georgia Gwinnett College so that I can then shift over to Georgia Tech because I wanted to get into architect mm-hmm. designing. And while I was there, I developed a passion for um, the legal system. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to law school afterwards. And I'm I'm on my last semester, you know, and I'm I'm wrapping of up. Of law school or about to go to law about school? About to go to law got school. It. So I'm on my uh, uh, last semester of political science. That's yeah. what I got my bachelor's in. And um, coach says, uh, "Let's go shopping." You know, I like it's Christmas time. He was, you know, it's like I, I want to get something for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we haven't really spent that much time this year. Let's let's you know go shopping together. I said, "Okay, no problem." Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to Dick's Sporting Goods, and mm-hmm. he was uh, looking for a tent. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Coach, you know, I don't sleep outside voluntarily. So. <laughs> <laughs> Neither does my wife. Yeah, I was going to say, you sound like all my girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, his initial thing was to get me there so he can have this conversation. Sure. And um, he says, Q, I speak. Right? And... Um, he said, I share your story, and it, it re- it's received so well. Like, it's touched so many lives, but I feel like it would be different if it comes from you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Coach, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. You know, I, I think it's good that you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's good that you sleep yeah, outside. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he says, no, 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 no. Like, I really feel like you should do this. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, Q, your story it's not your story. Like, you may have went through it, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't meant for you. And I think that it would be, you know, a disservice if you just withhold that from people that need to hear it. Mm-hmm. And um, now, like, he's very convincing. <laughs> uh, but before we even leave Dick Sporting Good, I'm in my cell phone in my notepad writing my first speech. Huh. And... Um, you know, who I, I get on stage for the very first time. Where was it? What was it for? Uh, it was, was it? at, um, I think it was like the Grayson Middle School. Okay. Um, okay. Right, right over the street. And um, we had uh, afterwards, the, like the, 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 the way it was received, it was amazing. Right? It wasn't about what I said. Mm-hmm. Because the first time I sucked. Yeah, like it was awful, <laughs> and 
it was just me up there just telling my story, yeah. not really giving any nuggets, sure. not giving any takeaways, things that they can, you know, right. reflect on themselves. It was just me saying, this will happen to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in this, in the same time, though, a lot of them caught some self-reflection in it. Mm-hmm. You know, they caught something out of it. I don't know what they caught out of it. Mm-hmm. But when I got done and they came up in a line, they would say things like, oh, my mama's dealing with cancer, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my father's not in my life, or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm battling with this. But, like, you really inspired me hearing your story. Mm-hmm. And, and can I just give you a hug? And, and, and I told you, a grown man approached me. He was in tears. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a grown man cry mm-hmm. at this point. And so I just knew right right then and there. You like, keep this up, you're going to have another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're easy to make cry, though. So. Yeah, <laughs> I may end up sleeping outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it felt like a touchdown. Yeah. You know, and I felt like the first time I scored, mm-hmm. it felt like I was in the end zone. Mm-hmm. I just knew that's what I'm supposed to be doing for the yeah. rest of my life. And mm-hmm. I dropped law school and said, I'm running with this. Sure. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. And since then, you've done a bunch. And I feel like it's mostly in the school system. Yeah. Um, and so, like, generally speaking, I mean, now that you've evolved, and I, I, I know that we can all mm-hmm. appreciate looking back at your first time ever mm-hmm. talking in front of people and, you know, looking back and going, first of all what the hell did I say you know because you don't remember it but but secondly like oh this is the message from that oh this story Mm -hmm. has this you know you said takeaway Mm -hmm. Um, now that this has evolved for a while because you speak like 35 or 40 times a year yeah 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 Yep. Um, and half of them, you know, or at least, you know, there there are many where mm. I just do it just because if it's especially in the Georgia area, sure. you know, I'm, I'm available. I'm yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's really not about the money for me right. as far as making sure that I'm able to have an impact. Yeah. And I don't want to kind of withhold that from anybody yeah. as far as right. especially in the school system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So what are first of all, who's your do you have a favorite group to talk with? Um, um, students versus teachers, or certain age bracket, or I don't, I don't really have like a favorite, you know, per mm-hmm. se. Um, I think for me, it's important to not only if I'm talking to students, I need to talk to the teachers as well, mm-hmm. because I think in order for it to really have that that impact or a lasting impact, teachers need to know how to connect with these students, you know, and also be reminded of why they chose to teach in the first place. Because, you know, some of them kind of forget that, you know, it's not about a check mm-hmm. because I've seen how much teachers get paid. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't be doing that. For <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Especially if I'm dealing with yeah. some that were like me. Right. Right. Totally. You know, and um, I, I think they need to be reminded that it that they're making a difference and that it also does. Mm-hmm. It, it does make a difference because I'm a, an example of that, mm-hmm. you know, and um, if, when you put that time in and also the students. You know, like they need to know how to, you know, navigate and how to overcome those adversities and challenges mm-hmm. that they're going to face in life. And, you know, somebody that's been there, a younger voice, you know, outside of this, a teacher, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they need to see that, you know, hear that, you know, um, and understand it. Because once they leave, you know, school and they go off to college, they don't have their parents with them. Yeah. Right? You know, that's they, like 
mm-hmm. things are going to hit them, yeah. you know, and they need to be able to deal with that. You know, I, I remember telling my brother when he went off to school, he did not know that your college dorm does not come with toilet tissue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he thought it's not supplied for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he thought he was supposed to have an endless supply. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it doesn't know. Like we we buy toilet tissue. Yeah. You know, it's like things that I'm just like, oh, I, I, this is this is funny. You know? Sure. I don't know that I would have known that, actually. I'd have been like, what do you mean I don't toilet paper here? Um, so, you know, now that you've kind of evolved that message, I know you talk on topics like leadership, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and different things like that. Maybe go to the students first. Like, what are some of the most common lessons or if we're talking about overcoming something or becoming something, um, what are, what are the most common tips or lessons or things that you try to impress when you're working with young people? Um, and that can be, like to me and John, mm-hmm. I mean, the way we think about it, that can be an adult who just hasn't discovered yet. That can be mm-hmm. somebody who needs to go through a transformation. And I mean, young is getting older and older to me every year, mm-hmm. right? So I used to think of young people as, you know, high school and below. And right. I mean, now almost I'm almost 50. I think mm-hmm. of a young person as, Heck, you look like a kid sitting in front of me, you know? So like right. but when you're when you're trying to impress those bullets on uh, kids that are going through a transformation or mm-hmm. maybe need to, needed to meet somebody like you mm-hmm. who's been through something, you know, and shares a message of hope, what what's the most common theme? Um, so so a lot of the things like as far as far as me, one of the things I love to touch on is resiliency. Um, and when I dive into it, it's about valuing oneself you know a lot of this a lot of these students don't value themselves you know a lot of them don't believe in their own self-worth mm-hmm. um don't believe that they can obtain anything right mm-hmm. and, it, and it starts off with that belief first mm-hmm. you know believing that you can have what you want in life believing that you can become something mm-hmm. you know and um you know like after that you know that's like that's the initial battle mm-hmm. you know and a lot of the things that we feel like uh, not even just kids, but many of us, you know, we believe that if we change the outside, mm-hmm. that we could change mm-hmm. the inside. And, and one of my mentors told me, he said, in order for something to come to you, something has to come from you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right? So it has to be, it's, it's inside out mm-hmm. and not outside in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I just try to help them at least handle some of those things mm-hmm. from the inside out. You know, like initially I'm, I'm not an instructor, you know, like I just, I, I aspire, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I inspire you. I'm not here to instruct you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so through the things that I, that I say work for me, mm-hmm. it may work for you. Uh-huh. And that's one of the things I say when I get on stage, I say it may work for you, mm-hmm. but this is not a one fix all. Everybody uh-huh. is different, right? you know, so we can all approach it in different ways, but you know, I just want you to understand that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a way to get through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, okay, how do I, and you just got to ask yourself those, those questions, you know, and I think when we like, sometimes it's, it's us asking, it's me asking the questions, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's in that you asking yourself the questions because you have the answer, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, 100%. it's just like, oh, I'm just not asking myself the right questions. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we need to figure out what that question is. And also, you know, one of the things I also understand is like being self-aware has so so much power to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and um, a lot and of by self-awareness, what do you what do you mean by that? I know what I mean by it, but what do you mean by it? Uh, so, like for me, is um, 
I so like prime example when I was talking about my uh, the, the 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 couple that took me and my brother mm-hmm. under the wing. Um, there's a story that I talk about before I even uh, mention that, and that was um, I'm a me being an uncle, mm-hmm. and um, which is why like in the story it's understanding why I'm not a father. Mm-hmm. But uh, I went, I took my nephew to the park mm-hmm. for the very first time, just me and him. Mm-hmm. And let me just say, terrible twos. That's a real thing. Uh, it's a real thing. <laughs> yep. It is a real. Yeah, they thing. were kidding. Yeah. They, they were not kidding. But I was working, and um, like he just kept tugging on me, like, "Yo, Uncle, play with me, play with me." I said, "You know what? Let's go to the park. I, you know what? I'm gonna put this down. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the park right quick." I figured if I tired him out, mm-hmm. get him back, I can get some work done. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we take him to the park, and um, he's having fun and. I'm watching him for a little bit. He's playing with other kids, having himself a ball. Mm-hmm. I go to my phone and I start texting, checking my emails. I look up, he's still having a ball. He's good. Mm-hmm. Get back down to my phone. I wouldn't even say it's five minutes later. I look up, the kid's on the monkey bars, and he's chucking up dirt at the kids. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just, just chucking it up. And I said, I'm just, you know, I have to say, no, uh-uh, nephew, uh-uh, hey, uh-uh. You, know, you got to say it like at least 10 times from next to you know, pay attention to you. Right. And, and so he eventually stops, go back to place, have himself a good time. I should be watching him at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I go right back to my phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I look up yet again, he's throwing dirty the kids but by this time they jump down from the monkey bars and run straight for their parents yeah mm-hmm. now <laughs> the way that the mothers was looking at me <laughs> 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 if they could push me out this wheelchair and get away with it <laughs> they would have yeah. <laughs> they would have and I yells I yell at them I said nephew come on let's go let's get out the park yeah I don't need you getting me in trouble with yeah. the mothers at the park yeah. sure. in the van and we we're on our way home now on our way home, something doesn't smell right. <laughs> <laughs> something does not smell right. And so I'm looking around, you know, checking to make sure I didn't roll in the dog crap, <laughs> making sure, you know, everything is okay. I said, you know what, he just needs to get changed. Yeah. That's all it is. All right, so I say, all right, we, we get home. Before we go in, I try to wipe the dirt off of him because I'm trying to wipe away the evidence that I wasn't really paying yeah, attention yeah, to him. Sure. And I didn't want him checking dirt in the house at the same time. Mm-hmm. Get in the house, he run back to his mom. I go in my office, and I'm working. Mm-hmm. And I smell it still, mm-hmm. you know. And I go like sniffing around, smelling around me. And I'm like, all right, like it's not me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I get back to work, and all of a sudden I go scratching my nose. And as I was scratching my nose, it hits me right in my face. And I look down on my hand, and I realize he wasn't throwing dirt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man. Nice. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I share that story and I ask, you know, you know, have you ever been in a, a position in life where you say, like, my life stinks? Mm-hmm. You know, like, my life completely sucks and I've been in that place, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with everything that I went through up to that point. And what Vivian told me was basically in that whole situation where she confronts me about my brother's situation mm-hmm. was that, Q, your life stinks. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me, like, she was trying to pinpoint the smell, mm-hmm. right? Like, something is going on in your mess. Mm-hmm. And I just needed to identify, like, that's me becoming self-aware mm-hmm. of my own mess that I was neglecting, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, also as far as, you know, strengths and your weaknesses. And, um, yeah, you know, that's a lot of us. Like, we're not self-aware, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we're, we're not aware that we're causing 
not just ourselves pain, but people around us pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not aware in general, you know, as far as our strengths and our weaknesses, Mm -hmm. you know, and how to actually attack those things. And so, you know, like there's so much strength in that in itself, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, knowing, you know, uh, what it is that you can uh, work on and get better at and what can benefit you. You know, so you know, there's like like there's many layers as far as mm-hmm. when it comes to being self aware. And um I think that it benefits, you know, the young minds and you know, like mm-hmm. I I'm not want to actually do it, but you know, I've known people that, you know, partake in the whole um the self exam, you know, as far sure. as sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So sure. you know, you know the benefits in it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um and that there is just you know how can you apply it yeah. you know mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the things that can be helpful once they figure out how to apply it in their life mm-hmm. um you know one of the things i i want to kind of circle back on because i think it's also really impactful is you talked earlier about knowing that there's you have possibilities you have options mm-hmm. right um and it just kind of reminded me of a, um, a conversation i was having with one of our staff members the other day and she had asked me, you know, she had said something where I see so-and-so is over there and they're doing really well. Do you think I could do that too? And of course in my head, I'm like, why are you asking me such a silly question? You know, you see it, right? Yet she still needed to know. And not only, I think she knew intellectually that she could do it. I think what she was really asking is, do you think I can do that? Do you see that in me, right? Um, and I think that's really powerful for a lot of people who are in some type of role, whether you're a teacher, whether you're an educator, whether you're a parent, you know, whether it's your coach. And you're, you, you talk about your coach, it just sounds like you still have a relationship with them. Oh, yeah. You know, after all this time. It's not about sometimes can they do it. Of course they can. But they, what they want to hear is do you think I'm that person? Mm-hmm. Do you think I can? Do you see that for me? And, you know, it goes back to your self-aware piece. Where do you think that, and I, this, I know this is a really big question, but where do you think that self-doubt comes from? Or, yeah, where does all that self-doubt come from? I believe the self-doubt comes from, mm-hmm. you know, things that they may have heard, mm-hmm. you know, as far as uh, a direction that their, you know, their parents may want them to go in. Sure. Um, or, or amongst their peer, mm-hmm. peers, right. uh, even from their teachers. You know, or even from what they see, mm-hmm. you know, because you can see it and then you think you don't have the confidence or the belief that mm-hmm. I'm able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, they can do it, but I can't, mm-hmm. you know, and I I mean, I understand. I've seen people in position. I'm just like, well, you know, I would I would blame it because of my financial situation mm-hmm. or based off where I was raised mm-hmm. that I couldn't also obtain yeah. that. You know, and it's not the case. Uh, there's another. There's another thing that I think is like really new. Mm-hmm. Maybe now, be, because we're so exposed on social. And when I say new, I mean in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a permission thing. I go I go to permission all the time when oh. I'm when I'm thinking about this, and I'll explain yeah. what I mean. Um. I think because everybody can see what you're doing so easily, I think there's a lot of people that go, well, that's John's thing. Mm-hmm. He's the culture guy. So I can't talk about culture because mm-hmm. that's John's piece. He'll talk about culture. So I don't 
talk about culture or um, in the salon it could be well, Neil's the blonding specialist mm -hmm. so I can't put blonding specialist on my Instagram too because she's a blonding specialist right. yeah. um, and I think you know it, I know one of the benefits of speaking podcasting doing mm -hmm. whatever is like there's this there's this kind of like you have permission now to go and be successful mm -hmm. and do your own you know and do mm -hmm. your thing and I, I really believe that I believe in groups nowadays like if this person is the best at this, mm -hmm. then I can't also be the best at that, or mm -hmm. I can't, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of people that are waiting for somebody to say it's okay mm -hmm. to be successful. I, I, I always feel like it's kind of why people get certified in different, right. like, you know, I'm a certified this and this and this coach. I'm like, okay, great, but you could have just been a coach on your own thing, right. you know. Yeah. Um, we need that validation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there's, and it's certainly in younger people, but God, I mean, I don't know, does that, does anybody not experience that at some level? Mm. You know, right. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, that is not, I feel like it doesn't matter how old or, you know, young yeah. you are, you know, that, that whole validation piece, that's, that's a part. Yeah. Do they have certificates for um, motivational speakers? I'll get you a certificate. Well, you get yeah, one? no, I'll bring yeah. a certificate tomorrow. And you know what? I don't want one from you. I want one from you. I want his certificate. His is more expensive. Than mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, I'm I'm looking at the time. Yeah. And we're blowing through a bunch of it. Um, and I know you have a hard stop time on yeah. this because you have a you have a, another uh, call after this thing. I want to say I feel like we could talk to Q for about another five hours. Uh, um, absolutely, and, and we can't on this one, but I'm guessing we can do a round two. Mm. Um, and we actually have covered a lot of not like we've covered a lot of ground in mm -hmm. you know in, in, in just this kind. I of I almost short feel like we're cheapening out. We're chipping people because there's so much here. Why don't know? we do this? Why don't yeah. we? I, we we will guarantee right now we will have a we will have a follow up to this discussion because I, I know we can just keep digging deeper yeah. and deeper but I'm I'm pulling away a ton already mm -hmm. John where are you sitting right now man it's I say this often but I think I I'm gonna say it again because I think it's really impactful today I've learned so much from you and I want to say thank you um, because I, I I needed this conversation today. You know, because there's so much going on, and we've got 150, you know, people within our company that are going through so much, and so I think messages like yours are great. So you know, thanks for that. Um, you know, talking about things like, you know, it's possibilities. You know, I want to talk about that next podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I want to talk more about the plan. You know, it's not the plan; it's the goal, right? And you were that's a, a big deal. That's a big like deal. there's a whole big set of content that we can talk about later yeah around that I mean, and you can build yeah a course around that That's right like, um i think one of the other things is our our, our industry is very female centric right 95 percent of the people we work with are women cues a fashion nut is he yes yeah, i love my fashion <laughs> you know i did i did notice the prada shoes so you know <laughs> just saying um but um, you know, I think that that's that's a topic in itself. Understanding what I, I'm going to overuse this word. Um, understanding what manhood manhood is about. You know, it's not about getting the girls. It's not about getting the money. It's not about knowing who to punch in the face. Right. It's a whole different piece. And you know, for myself, 
um, watching, you know, I'm starting to have grandkids now, that's taught me that lesson, mm -hmm. right, about what manhood is about, and it isn't about all the things you just talked about. I just wished I learned it sooner. <laughs> you know, I wish I learned it when you did. Um, and um, I just think there's so many blessings there, so thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, first of all, Q, how do we find you? I know you're on social. And yeah, yeah, social media, Instagram, um, my website, all of it is Q Crane. Uh, Q Crane on Instagram. Q That's Crane. Q U E, right? Yeah, Q U E. Q U E Crane. Crane uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, and then my website is qcrane.com. Um, and you're available to speak. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I can picture you at all kinds of different things: leadership, team building, right? Um, just inspiration, motivation. Um, you know, so I know Q's available. Um, I know he's got an amazing story to share. And so if you're in the market for somebody uh, to talk, I also know that you'll do digital as well. Yeah. Because we're all having to do digital right now if you yeah. want to speak. So uh, hey, It's all about making those adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that said, we've got, uh, you know, anywhere from cosmetology school students on up and even people outside of the industry that listen to the podcast. Um, I feel like we went at it fast and hard in this conversation, but mm -hmm. is there anything you feel like we're leaving on the table as it relates to today? Um, well, you know, um, outside of the things that I, you know, that I discussed, um, you know, I like to talk about, you know, not having any excuse, you know, like removing those excuses that a lot of us, we, we, we feel so comfortable with, with giving to, to keep us from actually doing what it is we want to do or say what we're going to do, mm -hmm. you know, and that was, you know, for me, giving myself to permission to say, all right, no, like no longer will I make any excuses. Mm -hmm. You know, no longer will I be in, the, you know, undeniable about my situation or about things that I went through, right? Mm -hmm. Like accepting that truth, just so I can move forward. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, that's one of the things that I really felt like, you know, I wanted to touch on because I, I, I usually speak on it all the time, but mm -hmm. I, you know, I just. I was like sidestep like outside of that in gratitude mm -hmm. because those two pieces are like what I'm really big on mm -hmm. you know like uh, not making excuses accepting your truth and also being grateful mm -hmm. yeah. you know like I, like people who don't understand and like how I'm able to be like like smiling but mm -hmm. it's because I'm grateful mm -hmm. yeah you know in spite of being in the chair yeah mm -hmm. you know in spite of everything that I've been through I'm I'm grateful yeah mm -hmm. You know, and like that is like that is so big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, gratitude is a big piece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Q. Yeah. Very much. Thank you, guys. Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in, and I love that about these podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up. There, we, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Hey, for those of you who haven't heard me ask before, five-star reviews. You got the phone in your hand, it's down by your lap, I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews, you know you want to do it, you know you love this podcast, share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel gets his, gets his wings. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, and while that angel is getting his wings, it helps us move up, um, you know, it helps us get more noticed in the podcast world help share the message. And if you're really being served by this, which we hope you are, um, you know, we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners. The other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on Instagram. 
at 124.go, as well as Facebook. We're going to get more active on our Facebook page. And so if you're a Facebooker, then uh, follow us on Facebook at 124.go. And um, if you're a grammar, please tag us in your stories, and we'll do the same uh, in ours. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye.